Welcome to the Backrooms Podcast. Today's episode is all about change, for better or for worse, with a focus on the vast lineage and landscape of gaming. Follow us on our journey into the next room. We hope you enjoy. Golf ball dimples are texturally pleasing. Welcome to the Backroom <laughs> Podcast. We'll say they have that that kind of like that 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 feeling, you know, grainy, grainy. Kind grainy. Of, what kind of golf balls have you encountered? The, They're not grainy. Those are tennis balls. Tennis what? balls are fuzzy. <laughs> Those are yeah. fuzzy. It's like grainy, but in like a. Have you ever watched B movie? No. What? <laughs> You've never no, seen no, B movie. No, no, I have, I have, I have, I have. I've seen it sped up every time he says like B. <laughs> According to all known laws of aviation, there is no reason a bee should be able to fly. Of course, the bee flies anyway, because bees don't care what humans think is mm. impossible. Welcome to the back rooms. Yeah, we're here uh, again. Unfortunately, uh, we haven't died yet. Um, I died inside. Well. That that was before we even started. That's so. true. So. The premise of today's podcast is to discuss gimmicks, innovations, evolution of gameplay, and anything in between. There will probably be a lot of overlap in these categories, but I think there are a lot of interesting things to discuss. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to say. Like, what's a gimmick? What 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 do you what do you? A gimmick is a novel idea or yeah. idea designed primarily to attract attention or increase appeal, often with little intrinsic value. When applied to retail marketing, <laughs> it is unique or quirky feature designed to make a product or service stand out from its competitors. End quote. Thank you, uh, Justin. Bott. Justin just turns into like a fucking virtual assistant whenever <laughs> we need a definition. Right? I need I need my Google Home to um, be just not. I don't need fucking Dave Chappelle's voice or whoever they have as John Legend. John okay. Legend, yeah. Sorry. Dave Chappelle and John Legend are John. significantly different people. I don't need um, John Legend. John Legend. John Legend's voice in my Google Home. I need you. Thank you. Okay, grungle. But well, that is the well, definition so of a gimmick. Th- thank you for that definition. Thank, thank you, thank you, uh, assistant. Um, let me ask you this: What gimmicks, or what 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 specifically comes to your mind in a game when you think of a gimmick? Something that looks cool but adds absolutely nothing to the gameplay, or is a detriment to the gameplay. Detriment. Okay. So if it's cool but it doesn't like damage gameplay. Is it like a so it's it's not a bad See, gimmick it's just a... so that's interesting that that you said that because I think um, it it if it doesn't damage gameplay I think the best way you can look at it is is to look at like franchises or, or franchises of games if it is not necessarily game breaking but not necessarily game changing either but it sticks around throughout the series. I think that's a good indication of where it kind of falls on the spectrum. If it sticks around for a game or two and then kind of dies off and you don't see it anymore in later iterations, I think that's more of something that is indicative of a gimmick or something that the players didn't necessarily care too much about or didn't miss when it was gone. Okay. A gimmick, when people say gimmick, it has a negative connotation, and it's often what it means, but it doesn't necessarily mean 
that it is something bad or something um, shallow in terms of a feature or mechanic or aesthetic or something like that. It's just that is an attention grabber. That's something to pull a player or viewer or user in to the experience. And maybe the overall experience is a lot more in-depth than what that gimmick first comes off as. Or it could be the opposite, where, oh, this looks really cool. There's a lot of options and things that this grants me. And then you actually play the game, and it turns out to be the opposite. Again, a gimmick is not a bad thing. It's just something, it's like the hook in an essay. Something that grabs you to pull you in, to, uh, to attract you to the experience, to try it out. That's that's what, to me, a gimmick is. Okay. So, to you, it's not, it's not necessarily bad. No. All, uh, in these it certainly the, can be. Per the definition, often with little intrinsic value, but that doesn't necessarily mean little intrinsic value. Okay. So, it just it's usually connotated with that. But it, so I guess if if a game has a gimmick, and let's say it's not inherently bad, it's not intrinsically bad, why have it? Like if it's not adding anything, but it's not subtracting anything, I would argue at that point it's just taking up unnecessary space. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. Right. <clears throat> I think it's a lot harder to sit down and plan out a game, and it's impossible really to know what's going to work and what's not going to work. Right. You know, you have. It, if you're dealing with a, um, a gameplay loop that's already established, say Call of Duty, Halo, Battlefield, Battlefield, so on and so forth, and you have a gameplay model that you know is successful, you have that as a blueprint to say, okay, this is what we know works. What can we add to this? What can we trim away from this that doesn't really need to be there? It, it, it's, it's easy for people like us to look at these games past tense and say, this didn't work. Right. This is kind of stupid, and they took it out for obvious reasons because nobody liked it. Um, so to say, well, why do it? I don't think it's like intentional. Always in the moment, it could be. Maybe they're 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 making these features to say, this is going to get people's attention. This is what's going to hook them in. This is how we're going to build our player base, and maybe that works. Maybe you get some new players in that you know, you didn't have and you can attract some new fans to your your product or your franchise. But I don't think in the moment it's it's prudent to say this is going to work, this is not going to work. You kinda have to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? If if you can look at a feature or an aspect, in this case games, of a game and say, Wow, that's cool or that looks really interesting, that's a gimmick. Whether it's it, it it is complex or it is a shallow feature or it improves gameplay or is a detriment to gameplay, if you can say, "Hey, that looks really cool," that's a gimmick. Example: Look at the box art of Halo Two with Master Chief holding two, two weapons, weapons. Dual, dual wielding. wielding. That's badass. That looks really cool. That's a gimmick. You could consider that a gimmick, that, and that was added into that game. I mean, I feel like, yes, absolutely. Like, dual wielding was the gimmick. Um, it it, it kind of it added something to the game that maybe was a value, maybe wasn't. I mean, where do you stand on that? Like, let's, let's, let's start with that. Halo 2, Halo 3, dual wielding. Halo what? 2 is a really good place to start this discussion, I think, because Halo 2 has a lot of good examples of both gimmicks and innovations, right? Halo 2 kind of is the 
the younger brother to Halo, the cool badass younger brother to Halo CE. And it introduces all these new features that, you know, we didn't have in CE, whether it was technological limitations or or just they didn't think about it. But they added things like dual wielding. They added things like vehicle hijacking. Oh, right. They added things like uh, marine AI being able to drive vehicles, right? There's a lot of different gameplay tweaks that were non-existent in the original game. Um, some of them work better. Some of them don't. And I think we have the um, unique uh, ability now to look at these games, you know, 20 years later and look at the franchise as a whole. Look at Halo 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, Reach, Reach Infinite, ODST. all of them. Which features are still in the games today and which ones are not? Right. Hijacking vehicles has been a staple feature since Halo 2. That never went away. Yeah. Because it's a good element of the gameplay loop, right? It adds uh, opportunities for players to combat enemy vehicles, right? In a way that's not just, oh, go find the rocket launcher and (laughs) blow them up, (laughs) right? It gives you other options to... it, It gives you more freedom in the sandbox, I should say. I think that's, to me, I think that's where a gimmick becomes a tool. Options, um, flexibility, and adaptability in the, like you said, in the sandbox or in the core uh, moment-to-moment combat or gameplay. Um, An example I think of, I guess off my head with that, would be the Ori games. So Ori and the Blind Forest, um, phenomenal Metroidvania. Ori 2, Ori, Will and the Wisps, and even more phenomenal, Metroidvania. It added a lot of abilities that weren't necessary. They were gimmicky, but they were so cool. But they also gave you different ways to approach a situation. So is it really a gimmick, or is it a incremental evolution? I think you answered your own question. And it... Anything, putting anything in a game is optional. Right. It's not necessary to include any feature in a game. Movement but like you said, optional. Yeah, like you, <laughs> Halo Infinite, you just stand still. Like you just said, it gives you more options to do this, this, or that. I think if it adds to the core gameplay experience in a meaningful way, it's not a gimmick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I can vibe with that. But I think gimmicks are necessary for games. I think it is a necessary component to games because it's a cre- yeah in, in the way of how I described it before where you know gimmicks don't have to be something bad it is something that grabs your attention that gets you interested that that's cool that's that's something that pulls you towards the experience and if games don't have that you know whether it's because it doesn't have some headlining set of features or it's crappy marketing but there are a lot of experiences that of games that are great but they don't have some weird quirky feature or something that you just read, you know, a sentence description of and say, wow, that's cool. The game may be amazing. They may be overall such a fantastic game because of story, because of the way it plays, whatever the reason is. But it doesn't have that 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 headlining gimmick that says like, oh, that's that's really interesting. I want to try that game. So I think for a lot in, in a lot of cases it helps the game to expand its audience and to bring in people to try the experience, to have something that you could classify as a gimmick, whether it's good or bad is a different story. But 
I think gimmicks are necessary in to 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 that uh, cause is to bring people to try try out that experience. So it's a difficult balance to strike. I, I have to imagine, you know, to to be a game developer and be working on an established franchise where your fan base is essentially split in half. They're the people that love the game the way it is. They want it to be fresh. They want a new take on it. But they also don't want you to change that core gameplay experience. So striking that right balance is incredibly difficult because some of those things that you might try to implement into the core gameplay may not stick the landing the same way you wanted it to and will come off as gimmicky, right? It's like, well, this kind of... It doesn't need to be here. It It's not changing the, the gameplay in a meaningful way. I sound like a broken record, but... Meaningful. It's not augmenting the experience. It's not elevating it, in, 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 you know, at least for maybe for mm-hmm. a lot of those people that 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 that's that's a good point because in those cases you have also a battle of of your user base or your fan base where people who enjoy the traditional experience of a game may not want things to change there's always going to be people like that and that's why it's you can't really please everybody right. in any circumstance but if you let things stagnate and you do not innovate or add or or in some way change the experience then you will lose potential new players. You'll get franchise fatigue. I think that's, yeah. Example I think everybody is aware of is Halo and Sprint. Halo didn't have Sprint. It had Halo 1, 2, and 3 didn't have Sprint. Mm -hmm. Halo Reach comes along and adds the armor abilities. And that was... It answered in an interesting way, though, that wasn't the way of other FPSs where you could just do it. So I think that was Bungie's way of saying we want Sprint to be in the game, but, you know, a lot of our players don't want it. They want the classic Halo. And then Bungie, you know, went on to do Destiny. 343 comes in. Halo 4, Halo 5, Sprint is a core feature. And this... There are significant impacts with that. There's significant impacts. And then Halo Infinite comes along, and 343 has to make a decision. Sprint or no Sprint. And half the player base wants Sprint, half of it doesn't. So how do you strike that balance? I think they struck the balance pretty nicely. Absolutely. I in think infinite? it's perfect. I think it's absolutely perfect in Infinite. What The consequence of, of adding so, that just such a basic feature in Halo 4 and Halo 5 is that now that you've increased the maximum speed of a player, that thus maps, if you do not scale the maps in size that maps are going to feel inherently smaller because you can traverse them much faster. So maps then get larger because you can use sprint, but then that changes how the entire, um, uh, how, how the, how battles play the out, how the, yeah, how the moment to moment gameplay evolves. And it changed a lot in for those, those for halo five and halo four and infinite struck a balance in that sprint does, Speed you up, but only marginally. Listen, only marginally. I find myself, I play a lot of ranked in Halo mm. Infinite. That's probably the um, primary game mode I play. Well, playlist, I should say. Um, I find myself sprinting very infrequently. Because, to me, the 
I do it once in a while, but in a lot of situations, I'm very... You're yeah. very defensive. Exactly. Player. So when I'm sprinting, it has a consequence. I have a slight, ever so slight delay in my weapon coming up mm-hmm. and being ready, right? And you're, at least in, you know, in any game modes that have the map, that you are more visible a farther distance when you're sprinting. You mm-hmm. actually, you, you come up on the radar at a, at a greater distance. Like oh, you're emitting more, I guess, essentially Energy. noise. You're emitting yeah. more protons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Or no, yeah. uh, photons, sorry. But, uh, but sprinting also gives you access to other movement options such as sliding. Too right. so, it's a give. It's it's again a balance, and I think I think it strikes it really well. So in, before in I forget, I I want to just harp on one thing you, I I heard you say because you were talking about Halo Reach, and you were talking about the fan base that wants the classic Halo experience, the people who didn't want Sprint, mm. and I think Reach is actually a really good example of a game that is not the classic Halo experience, right. It's as beloved as it is, it's also probably one of the, if not the most controversial Halo game in the entire franchise. And that's because of the addition of the the class system. And the armor abilities. And the armor yeah. abilities. I mean, I personally, I know Hot Take, um, I liked Halo Reach better than Halo 3. I think it's the most controversial in terms of Bungie's lineage. Bungie's, yes. Halo. Yeah, you know, Halo you 4 and say 5 like, don't exist. No, I That's think... <laughs> a, those are also very controversial. I think probably five being the most in terms of you know artistic change and story and that's a different discussion. No, but that's what I mean yeah. is that there are much more elements that got changed in later games. But I think the armor abilities are an instance of gimmicks negatively impacting the gameplay. Personally. Armor lock is the worst See, <laughs> fucking ability that has ever been implemented in any game. And I'll tell you why. It's Yes, it's fun I love to throw lock. it down when you're about to get splattered by a truck and you blow up the truck because he drives into you. Warthog, a truck? What, Warthog, whatever. <laughs> um, large vehicle. Large vehicle. Fast vehicle. Miata. But that's a very infrequent yeah. when you either A, have that ability, or that specific situation happens to you, right? For those two things to line up, doesn't happen in every match, especially since a lot of the arena-style games don't even have vehicles right. on them. So really what it becomes is a tool that just upsets the balance of gameplay and, and throws off the a... pacing of one-on-one fights. Yeah. It, didn't right? even, it didn't even help you, because like if you armor-locked... You could just wait. You could just wait. Like, all I it never did understood was, the all it did was just it. delay, delay yeah. a kill, right? It just upsets the that moment to moment one on one gun battle with somebody. I will say, while it is not useful in most scenarios, it is good as a distraction. Absolutely. I've used it the only successful times I utilize that particular armor feature is to be a distraction so that somebody's waiting or you know sure. eyeing me and then a teammate comes in and yeah you know assassinates him yeah or <laughs> I've something seen, I've seen that happen so let me let me other than Halo Reach then um what other or even just Halo in general what other franchise what, what franchise comes to you like what's the first one to your head when you think of a a, a feature or a gimmick that just <clears throat> completely destroys or alters the experience in a way that you, you don't like 
I don't know if I can. I'm I'm gonna say something, but it, it it's it this. I need to preface this by saying that I love this game. <laughs> um, Batman Arkham Knight. Really, the entire Arkham franchise is phenomenal. And if you haven't played it, do yourself a favor. Go do it. Including Origins. Everybody has their issues with Origins because it's made by a different studio. Which one was the most recent? Origins? Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight so is wait, the most wait, recent. Which, which ones are there? There's Arkham Knight. Arkham In order. In order. In order of release. release. It went Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Origins, and Arkham Knight. But Arkham Origins is a prequel. Arkham right? Origins is a prequel right. to all of them. I've never played any of them, actually. <clears throat> Phenomenal games. Um, however, Arkham Knight is the game that introduced the Batmobile. You could not drive the Batmobile in any of the previous games before that. Um, the scope of this game at the time um, was gigantic. It really was gigantic, for an Arkham game at least. You know, maybe not next to something like Skyrim, but considering the amount of things you could interact with and do, um, just the, 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 the traversal mechanics in the game were just absolutely incredible. And a lot of people felt that the Batmobile was misused as... So, <laughs> the, the, the Batmobile is used in the game as kind of a tank, almost. There are a lot of... Um, unmanned drones that are driving through the streets because mm. it's basically a militia style takeover of gotham city okay and that's like the premise of the game and um, so it's just division batman <laughs> <laughs> no but there are a lot of tank unmanned tank drones okay. that are driving around the street and the batmobile is really really overused kind of as um it, it's thrown into it has like a a cannon on top and there are a lot of tank battles essentially used with the batmobile and a lot of people feel like it's too much it's too much maybe if they scaled it back a little bit it wouldn't have been so egregious but the constant use of it in that manner really rubbed people the wrong way um is that a gimmick like oh cool dude i get to well, drive the batmobile bro. a lot of people call it a gimmick i personally don't have too much of an issue with it i do think that it's not the ideal way to traverse the the the, the game world arkham uh, gotham city because the grapple and glide mechanics in that game are the best in the series but those are gimmicks really you know not for not for that series because it's batman so I that's like right that's, that's what he's known for so right? like i guess um Batman himself is a gimmick. So <laughs> I get to be Batman, dude. That's awesome. No, um, the Arkham Knight in particular has the best gameplay in the whole series. Arkham you Knight. can say whatever you want about the story. People have gripes with the story, but I think objectively speaking, Arkham Knight has the best. Arkham gameplay. Knight. Arkham Knight has the best gameplay in the entire series, um, in every category. Okay. Um, the traversal mechanics, basically, they added upgrades to the grapple so that you could slingshot yourself up off of a roof at, like, Mach 5 okay. and then glide at, like, super speed right. across the rooftops. And that's, like, so much fun. And it's, like, it's such a better way to traverse the city. You get the, the better views. You get to skulk the rooftops as Batman. So 
a lot of people kind of feel like the Batmobile was a missed opportunity. It like they been. they could no not that it shouldn't have been there but that they could have done better better with it they with could have it. done okay. something different with it but what could have been done different in your eyes I know I know that's a complicated question like I said I I personally don't have too much of an issue with it there are um, Riddler puzzles oh, that you, you can get actually the do right there's the trophies but they also have um, racetracks that oh. you can do. There's also puzzles that you can solve with the Batmobile, and those are really cool. I think if they leaned a little bit more into that and less into the the tank battle kind of thing, people would call it less of a gimmick. Because then it's like more, okay, wow, this is an actual tool that I'm using to solve puzzles and, and feel more like Batman, not like, oh... Why is Batman driving a tank? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I think it makes sense. He's a human guy. He's pansy. He's no Iron Man. They both have dead parents. That's true. <laughs> at least, at least they were loved by their parents. But what about you guys? I I have a a it's not a genre, but a aspect of games that is often touted as this. Uh, hooking feature or hooking aspect of the game. So not a specific game yourself. Yeah, kind of like I a... can think of option uh, examples. So uh, games that offer uh, a a multitude, uh, like millions or thousands of options in terms of oh. Borderlands, you know, if there's a million different guns, oh, okay. or No Man's Sky, there's a nigh infinite amount of planets you can explore, Nine or and things that are like procedural, <laughs> for for example, the, when or uh, Forza or Gran Turismo to a lesser extent, Forza, oh, you have a thousand cars to choose from and customize, but all those options don't necessarily in. Increase the depth of the gameplay. Right. Okay. It, a lot of it can be pretty shallow. And Borderlands, like I mentioned first, the first game is guilty of this a little more than the subsequent games. But the oh, you have you know thousands and thousands and thousands of different guns. Yes, you technically do. But a lot of them are reused models and assets and look almost identical and are just renamed with slight you know. Uh, stat uh, modifications right so yeah there are a lot of guns but like not really yeah it's kind of like destiny does the same exact thing and it's to an extent you know mm-hmm. you, you get a weapon drop of the same weapon seven times it'll just have slightly different stats you know i think that's any loot shooter really mm-hmm. i guess like you said you know it, it, that's apparent in a lot of different genre uh games destiny borderlands Battle Royales, too. Battle Royale. <clears throat> Gran Turismo, I mentioned before as well. There are, you know, hundreds of... I don't remember the exact figure, but hundreds and hundreds, if not a thousand plus cars, where a lot of them are just variations of the same exact vehicle. You'll have ten different Honda Civics or, or slight <laughs> race specs of this car or that yeah. car. And yes, it gives you options, but doesn't really give you options. Yeah. Forza, even to this day, Forza does do that. To, to a lesser extent. Yeah, to, to a much lesser extent. <laughs> to a much lesser extent, but, you know, the the whole giving players so ma- an excess amount of options or or things, whatever, whatever quantifiable things that is, vehicles or places to explore or this or that, 
duh itself is often used as a gimmick that duh, that is really just a face value thing. It doesn't add a lot of depth because either the they're not fleshed out or or they don't add a lot to the gameplay, whatever it is. But just, add, just I don't a, know how to define. It's just this. a selling point. On yeah, the box. it's a selling. More point. does not equal better. Exactly. More, more yeah. is not better. So. I don't know uh, how you would quantify I, that as like a top uh, a thing of games, like just the more of something. No, or... I totally get what you're saying. It's like, um, it's kind of like um, all the armor sets in Halo Five. You know, there oh. was like two hundred something different armor sets, but eighty percent of them were the were were just like yeah. we're just uh, differences in the paint coating. Yeah, <laughs> slight you know hex code is modified by one. This one has pentagram <laughs> on the chest. <laughs> no, that makes you know I never thought of it, of what you're saying there, Justin. That that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I guess for me, a gimmick. Not a gimmick, but like a, I guess a, a, a feature or a gimmick that kind of f- fucking, I, I hate, um, World of Warcraft. Oh yeah? This is your realm, I, don't, this, I haven't really played it. So, before. World of Warcraft has gone through a lot of changes over its 20, 20 plus years of life. And with each expansion and each update... They make changes, not just for no reason. So I don't know how to really explain this to anyone who's not played World of Warcraft. But in I think two or three expansions ago, they added like these, you know, integrated certain aspects of the story to the world exploration, and what was called artifact power it's just it got so complicated while at the same time trying to dumb down other aspects of the game i remember in wrath of the lich king and cataclysm which were very old expansions you had a skill tree that you can go through that was oh i get a skill point here i can put it down to here if i have the like a standard skill tree and to reduce complexity, they cut that down to just every 15 levels, you'll have one of three options, mm-hmm. right? And it simplified a lot, and that's been there for the past 10 years at this point. But then they just, instead of bringing that back, they just make arbitrary changes to the systems that people have big complaints about. And it it does this interesting thing where it complicates certain aspects of the game. Since it's such a complex game to begin with it complicates certain aspects of the game like the pv um e and like so raids and dungeons and whatnot get more complicated because you're you have to interact your artifacts with your bind on a quick uh trinket on this boss with this flask and but but then you go into pvp and it's like none of that matters because right. you have your pvp armor equipped and it's like all your stats are the same so that just always pissed me off which is i love world of warcraft but the the developers these days are fucking stupid change for the sake of change Change for the sake of change and that's that's where things piss me off more than anything but i'm gonna i'm, I'm done with my rant <laughs> that's fair um i love a good rant i think here is a, a good point to um take a little break and we'll have a word from our sponsor but that was really good that was really good. You didn't just cut us off. 
<laughs> you stopped talking. You didn't seem like you had something eagerly to say. So I was like, okay, we're good. Right here. It's about a half hour. We'll be right back. <laughs> So we were talking about our topic, which is gimmicks, innovations, and evolutions. Change. Change, in general. Just, just change. 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 Cash. Nickels and dimes. A lot of what Strip we discussed, club. not all of it, but a lot of it was more negative, negative aspects, yeah, negative experiences surrounding that. What about some more <clears throat> positive things? I like thinking po- Well, I don't like thinking positive. You should like thinking positive. It's positive. good sometimes. <laughs> You should try it. I do. <laughs> just tell just tell a depressed person, just stop. Just, just stop. Wow, thanks. I'm cured. I have one really great example of a game that its quote unquote gimmick is like its headlining motto. It's how it's marketed. It's sort of in the name. Don't tell me. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's like everybody is here. That's the gimmick. Every single person oh. is here. It's not true. It's like that. The gimmick is there's every character. You have such. It's like seventy plus characters. They did Waluigi. But they did Waluigi. Did so dirty. fucking okay. dirty. Besides so that, dirty. That's, a, that's a stain on their history. But we'll Disgusting. move past. Disgusting. But that's, that's true, actually. That's it's like that's the whole thing touted about the game is that there's there are all the characters here. There's there's a ton to select from, and it's not. It's not a, a shallow selection where characters aren't fleshed out or don't feel great to play. Every single character that you could choose, every single fighter that you could choose is 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 so maybe well, it's relatively well balanced in regards to previous Smash Brothers, and they all have really unique movesets for the most part, great animations, they feel great to use. They're all a lot of them have completely, you know, different kinds of movesets or combinations of things and it's it's a great it's an overall great game i know we have played a lot of it we have played a, a lot, lot of it. it you can do good with anybody if you <clears throat> spam yeah. no. side b stop you can do good with anyone no <laughs> who's the guy i started playing as most recently uh, the, oh, the um, anime sword fighter, but she can transfer. Uh, uh, Pyro oh, and Mithra. Pyra and Mithra. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, fucking side B all day. That's, that's side B Ridley. <laughs> you get a, you get a. Oh, you get a um, Game and Watch hammer. <laughs> get but, the bucket. But every character is 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 more or less. You're in the real top. You know, level yes is unique and viable. Everybody and is fun. great to play, and it's a fun yeah, it's a fun game. And that that though the different varieties of characters breeds you to try out different characters, to yeah. try out different gameplays, and it's it's great. And they're I gim- love it. Their gimmick that I guess that's that's interesting. I didn't think of that. That their Smash Brothers gimmick is that it's a concept. Everyone's here. It's not a gameplay mechanic. Yeah, that's like the core of the that's game. The core of and the a gimmick, game. again, gimmick isn't bad. Yeah. It's just that's the headlining. Whoa. Like, whoa, everybody's. I could play. I could have Mario fight against Zelda, against Donkey Kong, against fucking Ridley. Ha. Like, that's <laughs> badass. That's awesome. I was very happy when Snake came back. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was very happy. Twitter broke when Minecraft. Oh my God, Minecraft Steve. Was added. <laughs> I think, that I, was like, awesome. And, and, oh. That's so true. Piranha plant. I got a piranha plant right here. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But yeah, that, I thought that was a, that's a good example of a good gimmick of something that's a headlining thing that grabs your attention. That's like, wow, that's awesome. But it's core to the game, and it's not a detriment in any way. Yeah, it, no, that's I absolutely. can I can finally fucking play again. I finally found my Switch dock. Hey, look at oh, that. two months <laughs> of looking for it. Fucking idiot. When you said, "Oh, it's kind of in the name or in the mind," I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was worried you were going to say Titanfall. That is another example I have. That's another fantastic. That's another when Titanfall was first announced, it was like, "Oh, are you playing this mech suit or whatever, whatever, or this mech, so, so mech warrior, mech game. warrior, whatever." It's one of those games, but then it it it, it just fucking worked. I'm sorry, the fucking commercial. Um, with the Frank Sinatra song, <laughs> Me and My Shadow. Oh. <laughs> that was the best fucking commercial of all time. And then, oh, God. And then Titanfall 2. I, I personally think it, it, it improved upon Absolutely. everything. There was not a single thing in Titanfall 2 that I disliked except you, fucking tone. Are you a little based? No. Okay, no. Fuck you. Ronan. No, fuck you. No, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Tone was so fucking broken. If you got if you got your shit pushed in by Ronan, that just means they're good and you're bad. Wait. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> T- Tone was the the guy with the the missile. The missile he has pods, like an right? artillery yeah. forty millimeter like dun dun, and he can lock on with like Ronan a five missile pod. Yeah, he was. I know you're Ronan's the uh, yeah the sword no, fuck anime Ronan. fighter. I know fuck you, Ronan. I never had, see, but Tone I, was annoying too. I played I played in uh, big thick uh, dummy thick. Uh, Fuck! What was his name? I was gonna say. Oh, you Swamp played um, boy, but I can't remember. You played his name. Scorch. 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 Papa Scorch. Papa and Daddy Scorch. <laughs> oh man, I played Ion, and when He's I finally learned like Mario. when I finally learned the rock paper scissors balance, and I learned how to take down a legion as <laughs> Ion, I was like. I am a god. It's a what? <laughs> it's a voice relatively. Considering that they're they're in the same game and within the core gameplay is extremely large, powerful, high health titans and little itty bitty pilots, which is what you are. It's so balanced. You can have scenarios where you, as your little itty bitty pilot, takes down or it, you know drastically um, d- uh, d- damages or or you know, contributes yeah to to taking down the enemy team's titans. That's amazing, yeah. and it doesn't fe- it doesn't feel out of place. It, it, it's it flows. It ebbs and you know ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. Sorry, thank you. There's really nothing else out there like it. I think Titanfall. Titanfall I don't know if there ever will. Be I think t- Titanfall Two. If EA knew how to run a company. Um, if their executives knew what they were doing, I think Titanfall Two would would have been their replacement to their shitty Battlefield games at the time. Short term defamation outfit. suit. Short term. No, I'm sorry. That, this is hey. Yeah. But the, the gimmick in that case was you get to pilot a giant Titan. And it's so well done. Yeah. It's so well done it's, to just do that. And it feels great every time. It's like Titan falls and you get in it and you just, you feel like, you know, Superman. And then you feel, and then you find all the other Supermans, like big thick boy Superman and, and anime sword fighter Superman and, and OP tone Superman, and, <laughs> you know, and, you, and it's just, oh, it's just a great experience. It's balanced in all aspects from, from this pilot and the classes, obviously some weapons are better than others. But that's with every game ever where mechanics are going to be better than others. I mean, right. It's not perfectly balanced. But just from the aspect of pilot, 
which is you as a normal player to a Titan, it's great. It's it's such a great experience. It's yeah. And it feels. It is the greatest feeling game. Like how how, you know, a well machined piece of aluminum feels great. This game <laughs> feels great to play. I can't even describe it, it to you. It's just like how how golf balls are texturally playing. Yeah, that's the whole that that I, was to lead up to this. That it feels as good as feeling a fucking golf ball in your hands. I wish like my loved ones would talk about me the way you talk about Titanfall. <laughs> <laughs> I know they don't. <laughs> in in the same vein of, you know, beautifully crafted quote unquote gimmicks or or, or I'm gonna stop using the word gimmicks. I'm gonna use mechanics. Okay. Mechanics or innovations or features. What about a a, a feature what about a gimmick or feature that defined the industry huh example being dark souls okay. the, the souls born genre do you just mean the game as well, a whole well, well, like the structure what is the, of the feature game? what is well, the feature so that, that's what question. i'm saying like when dark souls came out it, it kind of the rest of the industry kind of latched onto it and tried making games with whatever features that the souls born games it's sort of a collection of structure it's a collection it's 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 i think what define what how how you would define a souls born game is is um definitely difficulty but not unfair difficulty sort of um difficulty that you can train and practice towards you know things where different enemies may have tendencies and repeatable actions and they're well telegraphed so you can kind of tell what may be coming and you can learn the rhythm of the gameplay i think the, the soulsborne games are huge on rhythm of gameplay right you know that that's sort of core into them and and because of that that it's not just completely you know random or unfair that that the game is designed to be more difficult for you to learn and learn from your mistakes that you make. And not a lot of other games push into that sort of higher difficulty bracket because it turns a lot of people off. But this game, despite that, these games, despite that, are, are hugely popular and people love them. Right. So I guess what I'm trying to get at in in a sense is the what was the gimmick in the Soulsborne game? Was it the, the, the soul-crushing difficulty? I mean, I guess it, that's sort of like what you, what at least when I have heard, when I first heard of it, it's like that was the aspect of this game that you would speak in the same sentence is like this game is just so hard. Like, thank you, Dark Souls. Thank you, Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> that's the quote, Donkey. Thank you, Dark Souls. Is, it, so this, this is the Dark hard. Souls of podcasts. We- <laughs> <laughs> but in 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 a similar vein to the Soulsborne genre, which was born from soul crushing difficulty maybe the bonfires that mm-hmm. oh yeah there's no uh quick saving or right. anything or auto saving it's there are specific points in the game that unless you get to there you'll be reset back to where you were previously yeah. and if you want <clears throat> to save you want to checkpoint everything resets the enemies your health your uh, tools to replenish your health it all resets yeah, it does. Now, so another to cut you off no no go ahead no two other example examples of that roguelikes the gimmick with the original Rogue was mm-hmm. you die, you go all the way back to the beginning. Game resets. So your goal is to just try it again. Nowadays you have games like Enter the Gungeon, um, Hell, Hades, um, where you die, you go back to the beginning, you have to run through it again. And, so, that's, and that's the 
gameplay loop. Slightly older example, I guess by now it's like probably almost ten years old. Uh, FTL Faster Than Light. I don't know if either yeah. of you have played it, but that that is that. It's sort of a you know semi randomized experience every time, and if you die, you go back to the beginning, yeah. and sometimes that randomness. Fucks you, for lack of a better phrase. But that's that's part of the thrill of the experience. Yeah. It's like, what is going to happen? How's it going to play out? And how am I going to adapt? And then the second example I have, Metroidvanias. You know, Metroid and Castlevania, com- you know, combined name to make a new genre of, like, the Ori, Hollow Knight, and um, Castlevania Metroid games. What was their gimmick? Like, like... Something we latched onto as a as as a as a gaming society, right? Mm-hmm. That made it so that it deserved its own name. This this set of features or gimmicks. I think that means that something was done well. Mm-hmm. So it could have been a collection of a things collection done of well. things. It's, yeah, it was distilled into a great core experience, a great core game. Um, yeah, I, that, that that's what I was trying to get at. Just the fact that um, there's been so many examples of good sets of gimmicks or features that have set a standard I set guess, a in standard a i was going to mention um both the pick 10 system from black ops 2 mm-hmm. and the gunsmith from modern warfare 2019 great examples as well um <clears throat> both of those set the standard for the franchise for at least uh three subsequent titles mm-hmm. right i think the pick 10 system was the standard up until modern warfare 2019 and then the mm. gunsmith system is from that game has been the standard since up until now, now. yeah it, that's it, true vanguard still uses the same one i believe um you know it does yeah and then we'll, uh, whether or not that makes sense in a world war ii shooter is different well, conversation but uh, yeah, that's a different yeah like <laughs> but I, 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 that's where we're at it's called is world Wait, Call of Duty Vanguard's World War Two? Yeah, I haven't played it. I, I honestly, the only modern it's Call World War Two, but it's like a dystopian kind of like alternate timeline kind of thing. What would happen if we had to hunt down Hitler's heir? Kind of storyline. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting premise. Activision really dropped the ball with that one. They had such a great start with modern, the new Modern Warfare. This year could have been so great, man. New Halo, new COD, new Battlefield, and just, I mean... Look, nothing ha- is perfect. I'm happy. Let's stay positive. Let's, let's stay, stay positive. Po- yeah, let's you're, stay right. positive. you're right. You're right. I'm happy and nothing else is wrong. I'm so- happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I- speaking of Halo Infinite, there's two things I want to say. I really, I gotta say it because it's going to bother me all night if I don't say it. Do it. Titanfall 2 just in Halo it. Infinite. Just, no, shut up. Okay, so Halo Infinite is the closest that I will ever get as an Xbox player to playing Spider-Man PS4. (laughs) I need to emphasize how great the grapple shot is as an addition to the core gameplay loop. Because not only is it a traversal mechanic, you can also interact with weapons, you know, you can grab weapons and pull them to you from a distance. Game Fu- objects. You can fusion. game objects, fusion coils. You know, you can grab onto grapple onto one, grab it, chuck it at somebody. I love you can jump coils. onto vehicles with it. It there's so many different ways you can use it aside from just getting to one point to another faster. Also, to right? damage or stun mm-hmm. enemies. Damage or stun enemies. 
there it's it's such a great addition to the sandbox um I, that's I definitely just, like what a grapple hook that's cool but it actually is very well right fleshed out and it feels good on the I, surface it's like fuck man a, a grapple hook again like does every game need a grapple hook but yes. this one you I mean, yeah <laughs> I mean, every, yes. game, every <laughs> game does as what's uh i think uh to say video game donkey again um he uh, in his uncharted 4 review he's like give every game a grapple hook and uh, yeah that's that's it just give every game a grapple hook <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, that's true. But it's the way it's used. It's the way it's used. It's the way it's used. And there's so many ways you can use this type, this grapple hook in particular that is absent from other games. Mm. You know, a lot of them are pretty much just, there's a ledge. Now you can climb the ledge. There's no interacting with other objects in the sandbox. You can't grapple mm. onto other players. You can't mm. grapple onto vehicles. You can't do all of these different things that you can... There's so much f- player freedom. There's more freedom. That you have when you have it in your inventory. Um, I, I miss it when I'm playing multiplayer. I'm so yeah. used to having it in campaign <laughs> that when I don't have it in multiplayer, it's like... No, no, a huge element of the it. game has now been taken away I from me. I want it. That's why I play the campaign so much. And one other thing I want to say about the campaign before we move on um, is... you. Lo- I said this to you while we were on break, and you looked at me like I was nuts. <laughs> but We just do that it, by standard. It, true. But um, Marines as a sandbox tool. And when I say that... Like a hammer. Like a hammer. Yes. No. So what I mean by that... (laughs) If you didn't hear that, Justin just punched the table. Um, Halo Reach introduced, um, and I would call this a gimmick, the fire team system. In the campaign. See, I wish they expanded upon that. Halo Infinite expands upon that. How? Listen. So, the problem with Marines and Halo as, uh, in previous games is they were limited to, A, certain missions, right? They weren't in every mission. And also, sections of the missions that they were in. They didn't just follow you wherever. There was usually an arbitrary point where they would just stop following you. And you, right. would, you would move on by yourself, right? So, they were kind of right. just level set pieces yeah. in now, a way. Halo Infinite does a good job at making it so that they stick with you more. When I when I say that they're a sandbox tool, just like being able to requisition vehicles or weapons, you have a set of Marines that will spawn at every forward operating base that you have. That's what that's so, for? FOB is forward operating base. I yes. couldn't figure out. I knew it was operating base, but I couldn't figure out the fucking F. Forward operating base. Forward operating base. Um, I'm slightly. Retired. So if you want Marines, you can te- you can fast travel to one of these FOBs, and you now have a team of four, five, six Marines at your disposal that you can outfit however you want to outfit. And as an evolution of that fire team system from Halo Reach, they will now follow you whenever you walk up to them. And you can take them wherever you want, as you know, as long as the game engine allows them to to get wherever you, you are. Know, I had a personal a personal experience playing the campaign where I <clears throat> the, that came up. Um, not just oh yeah, they follow me, but like they follow you. They follow because you. a lot of times I'll go to a four operating base. I'll get I'll spawn in weapons that I want to use to 
could play the campaign and then I'll just grapple away like Spider-Man. Yeah. And they'll try and follow, but usually they lose track because they don't all they don't have a grapple because I'm Master Chief and they're not. <laughs> and there were there was an instance where I think I went to a distress call using a grapple. I went up like a mountain and went up cliffs and I started battling the enemies at the distress call to free the Marines and like midway through, you know, this is probably like at least five minutes into that encounter. I see like three or four of the Marines from that forward operating base, like a fuck, like two kilometers out, just <laughs> swaddle up behind me and start helping me. And I'm like, you remembered? You remembered? That's Ew. amazing. I love it. I'm I thought it was so cool. I'm that is such so cool. a huge, probably to a fault. Like, I am such a huge fan of Marines in Halo games. Well, I am the type of player that will fucking restart last checkpoint if one of my Marines yeah. gets killed. Like, I am I am Mother Hen, and these are my baby <laughs> geese, and I will protect them with my fucking life. Well, you are exactly the type of player that um, Jerry Hook... No, not Jerry Hook. Um, he was cre- uh, head of creative. Who was the head designer um, of, the, of the story? Uh, fuck. What was Joseph it? Staten? Joe Staten. 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 Staten? Uh, Staten, I think. Mr. Joe. Mr. Joe... <clears throat> Once he hopped on the game to, you know, save it pretty much, one of the things he was like, all right, we got to get rid of this and put this in was the Marines. He's like, I need these Marines better. So in the end, he was happy he got his Marines because you and him were exactly alike in that sense. Like he loved to have his gimmicky Marines. They're such a fun addition yeah. to the game. The voice lines, you know, the little quips they have that just they <laughs> just add such a flavor to the game. It's It's that element of personality that mm, it's is halo and sadly halo reach was like the last time yeah. we had that because halo 4 marines sucked didn't really have any memorable lines they were dead most of the time because their ai was so terrible you give the that- new ones proper weapons They'll wreck stuff. Yeah. If they're you give good. them snipers, <laughs> yeah. dude, they're like better than jackals in Halo 2. <laughs> they're like crazy. Um, but I've always been such a huge fan. And they weren't even existent in Halo 5, which was like heartbreaking to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to have them back like well, in the you know true what else, fashion is so great for Halo, me. Halo 5, what else was non-existent was a story. A. Disjointed. Dab. Um, Dab. I want to. Related to both you and what you were asking about earlier, where games that maybe set certain standards uh, or pioneered aspects that have continued through the industry. uh, Halo CE, the first Halo, was the game that more or less popularized the two gun limit. In, in terms of carrying a weapon. Now, up until that point, one, first-person shooters were basically, if you if you were going to play a first-person shooter, it was going to be on PC. Because nobody thought, you know, you could you could utilize and play a first-person shooter properly on a controller. It just wasn't a thing. You still don't think that. I still, no. <laughs> I, I just recognize that is more accurate. Which, which you know, I, whatever. I, I prefer my controller. That's fine. It's what you're used to. But in either case... The limitation of the amount of buttons that you have on the controller meant that they utilized one button to switch between weapons, and that was why, and it was to switch between two weapons to keep the gameplay a little bit simpler. Before that, all, you know, things like Doom and Quake and a lot of other common FPS games 
all were about um, having every weapon at your disposal and the strategy came from how do I utilize every weapon uh, in the best scenario? It's switching between what whatever you need, whatever you need it. And Halo changed that, one, because of a limitation, but two, it brought a, a different gameplay element in that you had to pick and choose out of the sandbox what was appropriate or find things that maybe worked in multiple different scenarios or have to um, go and seek out different things within the sandbox, whether that's in multiplayer or single player. So, be, okay, I want to get that weapon because, you know, that's going to work better than, than one of the weapons that I have now. It's going to work in better scenarios. It's going to work where I'm going next. So that limitation breeds diversity in the gameplay and also helped to, among a lot of things with Halo, bring controller um, FPS games playing on a controller to the mainstream. So that just a small thing that I think is now standard. Like so many FPS games, it's pretty much just two weapons that you switch from, regardless if it's PC or not. Um with the exceptions of like Destiny, where you have like a third one, a power weapon, if you hold Y, right. but that's still that limitation. <clears throat> and and uh, Titanfall too. That was the yeah 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 well, two two, two main two weapons. weapons and then like Your maybe a power weapon. Oh, and that's yeah, a slight yeah. evolution on that too. That yeah. that that you can with again with the limitation of controller, you can still switch easily between them or hold on the same button and get a third weapon. So what that's an evolution weapon? on that too. What about the introduction of the weapon wheel? Well, that's, I mean, that can slow down gameplay, though. Depending on it, depends on how it's implemented. Like you can uh, implement it like a piece of shit, like GTA. Slower than ah. Uh, see, I would disagree. I think the weapon wheel is far better than any of the games before it. Where if you wanted a certain weapon, you had to scroll. You basically hit yes. press one button to scroll through all of your weapons in a certain order. And no, it was no, like, oh, shit. I, this is like eight weapons to the right. I, <laughs> by that time, you're dead. By the time you're looking for the gun you want, that was the issue that that Halo didn't want to encounter. Where with you know, with a limited usable button mappings that they didn't want to have it where I have to cycle through a bunch of weapons by like tapping through a list of stuff. Mm -hmm. So limit it to two. And and weapon wheels are, are, are great, but they get but they changed the way the gameplay, the moment, as you say, the moment to moment gameplay feels because it's going to slow things down. Yeah, it's not slow, slow, but it's slower than just tapping weapon, tapping Y and knowing what weapon I'm going to get next, or holding Y and knowing what weapon I'm going to get next. It it you have more usable options, but slower gameplay. GTA when you're switching in the weapon wheel and it's single player, it like does that. It slows down the gameplay. To, because of the fact that it takes a little more time to look and select the weapon that you want, or even cycle between weapons in the same category. Doom does that as at, at well. At first, yeah. I mean, Doom's a whole different story. As but yes. you get more comfortable with the game, you know, it it becomes kind of like a muscle memory thing. Mm. It's yeah. like it's like cycling between equipment in Halo Infinite. It's like after a certain amount of time, it's like okay, uh, D pad, right, left, drop shield, yeah. right up is the threat sensor. Right, I'm right. still I not still struggle used with to that. It. I really one. I'm trying to learn one at a time. <laughs> if That's they like were to the make best way to do it. A simple change you can make to make it much more uh, visually recognizable in which direction that you pick. Instead of how they list it right now, if you hit one of the D-pad buttons to list, say, your abilities, it lists it in a horizontal order, like left, uh, uh, left, right, up, down. Which doesn't make any sense because you basically have to visually scan through, okay, what direction is that? What direction is that? Okay, that. Yeah. Why not just place it? In the in the orientation of a D pad, like right. this one here, this the top one at the top, bottom at the bottom, left and right, so that visually I can just look at the symbol and I can sort of make out peripherally 
where it is, and I just click that. that it's would, easier to recognize. Yeah, that would that would require three for three to have good UI designers. They, they're you're so inflammatory. I'm a there's there's good aspects and there's bad. Yeah. A lot of the I'm just the response the responsiveness just... of of and when I say when you say UI, I think that also extends to things like game reticles and and responsiveness and gameplay elements oh, yeah, to that, no, which are great. But yeah, the organization of things could fine, be better. Fine. Let me replace the word good with consistent. Okay, that's a more fair statement. All right. Just okay. like just like my performance consistency in like. Any game ever. Well, again, going full circle, when you say consistent, I mean it. Like when we started this discussion, it's it's a hindsight twenty twenty kind of thing. It's like they wanted to make some changes to the UI to see if maybe they could get create something that was a little bit better for the user experience, and it just didn't it just turn didn't out the out. way yeah. they wanted it to. So they had to change it. You know? Also, something. It's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Science. <laughs> well, yeah. When you're develop, when you're making a piece of software or a game, you get so familiar with every little aspect of the game that when you play, it's like you know how it's supposed to work, so it feels fine to you. But that doesn't isn't always how it turns out when you have just any other person who didn't work on the game play it does it is it actually intuitive does it actually make sense or is it just because you made it it makes sense right which is something that which is what you have like Q&A testing and betas and alphas for and, and you know a public public testing like that to um clarify you know those elements of the game if they actually work because that's it's hard to see from like a third person perspective if things make sense for people that aren't you. There was a decent <laughs> amount of backlash just from the, the simple change of moving the weapon yeah. uh, loadout, the, the the readout on your HUD from the top right corner to the bottom right corner. Yeah. Like just that small change and people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's still is, like that, right? I don't like, I think it's still like that. I don't know if the you can change right, it in yeah. your settings I, I or not. I have over a hundred hours in the game and I honestly, I never really remember. bothered yeah. me. Honestly, it took but like no, two can, seconds to get used to. I can hundred percent understand it though. I can hundred percent understand. That's I, probably 20 years of muscle memory exactly, or like visual memory of yeah. where things are. Yeah. Um, no, I, it's jarring in the beginning, but I mean, yeah. you get used to it. You get used to it. Yeah. It's just one of those things. It's I feel like things. people get worked up about things that don't necessarily oh, need absolutely. to be. We're, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. And that concludes room six. No, no <laughs> I have one more. No, thing. no, no. no okay, no, so we, I want to end on a positive note. Okay. Was the Nemesis system a gimmick? Okay, well, let's explain a little bit what that is. Maybe people don't <laughs> yeah. know what that is. So, for those for those for those who don't know, um, Monolith Productions, a company owned by Warner Brothers, uh, they made the Middle Earth games, so Shadow of Mordor, and then subsequent release of uh, Shadow of War. And these are what type of games? They are like? pretty much a better Assassin's Creed, just. Open world RPG. I, you know, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. That's it, it, just... Assassin's Creed, I hate, personally. I know that, like, could piss off a lot of people. Um, Mechanically, it feels kind of similar. It, it's very similar, yeah. yeah. But it, it just does it much better. Now, in this game, specifically Shadow of War, the sequel, um, the Nemesis system itself was the way that you interacted with the AI. So, the AI... The orcs, since it's Middle Earth, um, Lord of the Rings. You 
had the grunts of the orcs, so the pick of the litter, you know, or the runt of the litter, sorry, you know, run-of-the-mill orcs that you would fight in every single fight that you encountered. Mm -hmm. Then there would be the captains. The captains would be the leaders of those little small groups that you fight, and they would have their own power level that you could see. Progressive and ranks within exactly. the game, yeah. And any time that you were killed, or any time you got into a fight with that specific captain, that captain would remember, or the game itself would remember mm. the interaction. And canonically in the game, you get revived, and the orcs know that. So they're just trying to keep you at bay the whole game. So they learn you, they learn that your interactions, and you develop a personal connection with each and every orc that you fight. And that orc, if it kills you, it can get promoted to a captain. If that captain kills you, it gets promoted again and again and again and again. So it's a very complex system, and we can make a whole episode about the Nemesis system itself, especially since Wonder Woman is coming out, and it's going to have this Nemesis system. This system is patented. It's actually patented. That's by... what I was going to say. So, Because uh, you asked if it was a gimmick, and I was going to say, I don't know, because I haven't seen it used in anything else, but I guess since it's patented, yeah, that's why. So but... it's, it's really just the way that the, you interact with the AI and develop these personal connections. Your with... the player's like actions and encounters have persistent consequences. It's actually and... incredible. It really is incredible. It, it some of my personal experiences, I've had a battle with an orc, right? And I'll kill him and then 2 days later, I'll be playing the game and all of a sudden I'll get ambushed by an uh, by an orc and he's like, you killed my blood brother from, you know, two, two three days, days ago. ago. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I, you're right. I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, this guy's out for blood uh, or you're about to get killed. Like you're literally about to be executed. And one of the orcs that you've recruited comes out of nowhere and saves your life. Mm -hmm. And you just create these connections with with, yeah. with all of the characters in the game that would otherwise be, you know, just, cannon fodder, yeah. like run-of-the-mill yeah. nobodies. I would, in a sense, I would love for the, w with the scale that we're talking a lot about, especially these, you know, this episode we talked a lot about Halo Infinite. If the scale that Halo Infinite's at right now I think the Nemesis system in Halo Infinite. If the HVTs used a, a yeah. system like that, that would be crazy. That'd be crazy. Because <laughs> it actually hurts. Like, I've never felt more betrayed than when you are betrayed in oh, Shadow yeah. of War. I, I... When, like, an orc that has saved your life, like, two, three times, all of a sudden just tries you. to stab you in the back. It's like, it's guttural. It's yeah. like... I thought we were friends, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's something else. I and I've never seen it. I will say anywhere like, else. I've never had like like. Tr I get emotional with video games. Yeah, anger. I think we all do. Anger, I mean, we're, fear. We're running a gaming podcast. Of right course, now, you of know? course. I've cried. I've cried, but I've never, I've never felt sheer like I want you that motherfucker dead. Other than vindictive rage, vindictive rage. Other than some of the orcs in 
of Shadow of War. There's the still some to this day. Fucking bard. The f- <laughs> <laughs> I will say there's 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 one experience I can say that 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 I can remember that felt like that, and that was in the campaign of Titanfall Two when towards the end. You take a BP a BT's data core and you just run rampant with the smart pistol through like back through the entire level because oh, like yeah. they just destroyed mm. your your friend. No, he's not just a titan. He's, he's your friend. You yeah. bed banter with him, and and you know protocol. You're three. out for blood. Just yeah, everything. Every everyone is gonna die today. Protocol three. <laughs> Protect the pilot. So that was that just re- you had reminded me of no, that. Oh, that's experience. true. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> that's why they need Titanfall three because BT's still alive. He echoed binary man. I cried but, in the uh, the Walking Dead Telltale games. Yeah, I've never played that. <laughs> that game. Actually, made me cry <laughs> like multiple it. times. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. The intro to um, what game was it? I think the intro to the first Ori game made me cry. Or made me tear up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just... I, I, Last of Us 2. I know it's a very controversial t- uh, title. But just the raw emotion between a lot of the characters can get overwhelming sometimes. Mm-hmm. Especially, like... I don't want to go off on a tangent, but, you know. Uh, save it for another time. Let's just all cry right now. <laughs> you know we were gonna end on a positive note, and then, the, and then we're this gonna last end on a five positive minutes. Note. Yeah, but that's okay. We ended on a po- what? I cry. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So room six. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank um. You. We'll see you in room seven. Hopefully. Hopefully, uh, we didn't scare you away. Uh. Follow us on Instagram. I'm lost in the rooms. Uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram um, at the Backrooms Podcast. Uh, you can keep up to date with when we post. We have behind the scenes content. Um, you get to see Brian being shit in uh, Halo. You get to see me being shit in Halo. You get to see uh, Tom fuckery. That's not that's <laughs> Tom too, foolery. That's Tom too foolery. <laughs> different words. <laughs> what fucking time is it? <laughs> I don't know. The clocks don't work in the back rooms. Well, thank you for joining us and have a wonderful evening. Back rooms out.